0: Thank you for just the, the joy you bring to us, the, the goodness um, that you bestow upon us. We thank you that um, you've given us your word and, and we thank you that we get to uh, uh, fellowship around your word and then we get to feed on, on the body and the blood today and we get to celebrate baptism day. Just a great day, Lord. So we just thank you for that. Be with us as we discuss your word. Help us to gain insight and understanding. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Okay, so Mark chapter 6. He had walked on the water. They thought he was a ghost. He got in the boat. Everything was immediately uh, calm and told them not to be afraid. And then we had this weird thing about that their hearts were hardened. Um, And as Keith was sharing... He said, "I looked up everything, and nobody says anything." <laughs> uh, and so I think that the the kind of the idea of hardened is they didn't have the Holy Spirit, and we think of our hearts as soil. Uh, so the the less the lack of water makes uh, soil hard, and the Holy Spirit is living water that is flowing within us. So without the living water, our hearts are hard. Uh, and so I think that's probably the easiest and the 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 safest, let's say, (laughs) uh, interpretation to take. Because, um, you know, often you can find, uh, you can read lots of different scholars, and I use that term loosely, who do a lot of um, uh, what I would say um, scriptural calisthenics to try to make certain things fit. Um, And not that you can't glean, like, okay, that's a good point. I wouldn't use that text necessarily for that point. Um, it's important for us just to say, well, when God speaks clearly, it's clear. When he doesn't, we need to be okay with that. It's not that we are okay with it, but we need to be okay with it, because sometimes you just want to know. I was telling Keith, like today, in, our, in the gospel reading today, and in the sermon, it talks about 153 fish were caught. And... Nobody knows what that means. There's people who will go all into numerology and talk about that, but the reality is just John said there were 153 caught, and there's no clear explanation if that has any great significance. So we just go, okay. John knew how many were caught. He was a fisherman. He I guess he learned how to ca- count them really fast. Yeah, I don't know. Fishermen
1: are liars. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there were 153. No, anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, true, Pentecost yeah. hadn't happened yet, so you never know. <laughs> You're only
2: allowed
3: two or six. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so
0: somebody, if they would, please read uh, uh, Mark six fifty three through 56.
4: When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to where, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces, and informed him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well.
0: Okay. Thank you. So, what do these verses explain about the ministry of Jesus?
3: He was famous.
0: Okay. I knew he was special. Okay.
5: Yeah, they knew what he could do because, boy, did they gather the sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that was the thing, gather the sick.
4: Now, had he been to Gennesaret before that, or was this sheer word of mouth that they knew of him?
0: Well, the region around the Sea of Galilee is, is not huge. So, um, you know, word travels really, really fast, except in um, Acts chapter 5 when Sapphira wasn't told about her husband dying. Suddenly, and three hours later, she shows up, and anyway, sorry, it's a, the prayer chains weren't like they are today. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, again, when we look at, at, at Mark, a lot of the challenges that we have with someone like Mark is a very brief author. He doesn't give a lot of details. At times, we're not totally convinced if he's even talking chronologically. Um, uh, so here's the story. This happened, and then we showed up here, but then he'll go on to another story. We don't know if it's necessarily subsequent. This, this we know, was subsequent to him walking on the water, getting in the boat right after he fed the 5,000. So we have that timeline here. Um, but again, the region is not so large. I mean, I think it's like 30 not even quite 30 miles to go all the way around uh, the, the the Sea of Galilee and then just to get across in some parts or just about a mile so um, word spread quickly around this region because he had fed the 5,000 right so I mean that was probably something that was spread really quick um, he calmed a storm already he heals a demon uh, some people believe that this is a very similar place to potentially where he healed the, the demoniac Uh, But again, uh, either way, the region is small. His fame had spread and he had a reputation, right? There's a reputation here that we're seeing about his ministry. If we just get someone to Jesus, he will heal them. It wasn't a matter of maybe he will. It's like they knew, I mean, we read this thing, even if they touched the fringe of his garment and as many touched him were made well. So there was this understanding that he was a healer. He was the one who did these works. Uh, and so there's 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 two things we need to understand. First of all, there's those who just love Jesus for the fact that he does stuff for him, right? I mean, and we see this here, he fed us, he heals us. And then there's those who are like, could this be the promised Messiah? Because the things that he is doing are those things which are um, described as the kingdom of God coming to earth. So the things that he are, is doing is something that, that people go, wait a second, this could be him. But they're looking to the religious leaders to put the stamp of approval on it. And they're going, uh-uh, you know, not all of them. Obviously, we see some of them come by cover of night and, and, and meet with them. And so, but we have this idea that, that Jesus is ministering to people and he's a healer. So that's the first thing that we notice. Um, so, I mean, I think this is a question for us. As we always take, so when we read God's word, I want to encourage you a couple of things. What's it saying to you? What's it saying to our relationship with one another and then what's it saying to the church globally when we look at it um and then and so that way we we always make sure that we have some sort of application because we can read god's word and go okay great but we always have to take it you know when one guy described it to you take it from their town to our town so we look at what's happening okay this is what's happening so now what does that look like in our town so how might we make jesus uh, known wherever we go because that's what's happening right here he comes let's bring people
5: Well, part of it is done through the institutions that we've set up. Okay. hospitals and Mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, you go back in history and many hospitals had St. Luke or some other Mm -hmm. religious name attached to them. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of almost a tradition that the church was involved in
0: healing. Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
4: Well, early hospitals were set up by churches or like even... None, the nunneries often ran churches or the hospitals or the schools
2: so
0: okay so that's one thing institutions that have been set up how else
4: talking about okay mm-hmm
0: because technically, I mean, technically, reality is, is that wherever we go, we have the very spirit of Christ with us. So we're, we're able to, to bring people to, to him by sharing that, you know, he is the healer. Of course, we know Jesus really cared more about the forgiveness of sins and the complete healing of a person for all eternity. Cared more about that than he did about the physical. The physical was just proof that he had the ability to forgive sins, Um, but he really cared more about forgiving people their sins. And so, I mean, I imagine speculation here that every single person, though, that he's healing here, he's pronouncing that their sins are forgiven because that's what he does. And I mean, does he say, "Go and sin no more" to all of them, like he did to everyone that we see, or uh, uh, "Your faith has made you well. Go and sin no more." I mean, who knows? But we do know that that's definitely noted in many of the other gospels that he often says that when before he heals. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think that when we look at it, it's always challenging to us to read God's word and go, "Okay, it's easy to share about Jesus in our context." when we're just here, um, but are we looking for ways to share Jesus and and help people be brought to Him um, in our regular life, Matt?
4: Um, something else I think I thought about was, I mean, maybe if we make sure to always give Christ the um, I don't want to use glory because that's what we use but just credit, credit, yeah. Um, whenever we're with people, then they'll be like, like if we give him the credit and we recognize that it's his work and his doing that made us well or gave us whatever he gave us, then hopefully that also makes people look to him to even maybe touch his garments and,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know, that.
0: Well, and that's why people were bringing, they like, look what he did for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so let's go. Or, you know, look what he did for so-and-so that I know. So let's, let's take him there. So, yeah. Great. Uh, someone, if you'd be willing, a little bigger chunk here, uh, Mark 7, 1 through 13.
2: Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and dishes. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that.
0: Great, thank you. Now, this is not teaching us that you shouldn't wash your hands before you eat a meal. (laughs) They they didn't like doing dishes. There's still some good practices. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because the word of washing cups and pots and copper vessels in in ESV has dining couches, um, is the word used for baptize so these are one was one of the proof texts that that we would refer to when we say that the baptism that by by the sprinkling or the application of water over the head is just as valid because they weren't you know submish, sub, submerging their couches to wash them because uh, again you would baptize your hands when you're washing your hands you would baptize the table by wiping it down so um just if you get into a discussion, they're like, oh, great. They were submerging their couches all the time then, right? So um, just, it's just a little fun thing. I would not argue baptism with anybody. Just say, hey, God does work. Isn't that great? Okay. <laughs> and move on. So, uh, so what was the problem the religious leaders were having with the disciples? That
4: they weren't following the rules they followed.
0: Mm-hmm. They weren't playing by the man-made rules. Um, and, and that's a challenge for us in the church today um, because there are some man-made rules that can be beneficial. Uh, not all of them are, though. And not all of them are uh, necessarily appropriate. They may have been appropriate 100 years ago, but they're not appropriate now. Uh, but again, in religious circles, the challenge that we always fight is is describing what we believe by our practice and not by our doctrine. So what I mean by that is, well, Christians should worship this way and only this way. This is how they should do the worship service. This is how they need to practice certain things. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I really could care less often about how people practice their faith, what I want to know is what do you believe? Because the, what you believe will influence how you practice your faith. Um, if you believe that you have to jump all around and speak in weird tongues and, and and things in order for the Holy Spirit to actually be present, we'll show me that in the God's Word, right? So that's why we defer to uh, Sola Scriptura. What does the Bible say? And then what we practice is everything that we pray is beneficial to be um good stewards of and that it would hear and be a right representation of the word of God and also help the focus be um, to give I'm use glory to God because he's the one that deserves all the credit okay let me use it both in one sentence yeah. there you go so uh, they weren't following the rules so how do you see this sometimes infiltrate the church today I
4: think you might have a shorter list of how not
0: What's- Well,
4: because think about it, like, okay, so when I first started coming to church here, it was because I really liked traditional service, Mm -hmm. that's what I grew up with. And you still get people that are like, you can't worship that way. You know, like, bringing in more contemporary songs, like... I think it was Dave used to bring in songs that we learned at church camp. And I'm like, those songs are just for church camp. <laughs> Yeah. Like that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. There's nothing in the scripture that says you can't worship with those type of songs or that guitars have no room in church. But there are plenty of people that will tell you that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what, well, the term we use in, in, in Lutheranism is audiophora, which means it's neither commanded nor forbidden in scripture. So um, when I came, they kept using this word. I'm like, someone needs to help me a little bit because that seems like... I mean, they, 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 re, they keep some words <laughs> that, that, we're, that we don't, you know. But, but I like it when I was describing, well, it's neither you know, forbidden nor commanded in Scripture. And so when we look at it that way, it's, it's like, well, we look at our practice. Um, so let's say the invocation, which I think is very important. You know, extremely important that we say, hey, we gather in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I think confession is important. It's a good reminder for us that God is actively forgiving us all the time, and, uh, and we're not God, and we need to admit our need for Him. So I think those things are valid. Are they written in Scripture that you have to do it this way? No. Can I justify the practice through Scripture? Yes. So it's not commanded. I mean, God didn't give us, hey, divine setting two, here's how you do it. I mean, this is, here it is from, you know, first divine setting one, three through five. This is exactly how you're, I mean, obviously, if that's how God said, then we would do it that way. Um, But he gives a little bit of ambiguity around it. Other than the point of why we do what we do is to give attention to him and not ourselves and So then we look at everything Harold
5: Well, sitting and standing is another one. I mean, right. When do you stand? When do you sit? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> or stay sitting when you're singing? Lift up the high, lift high of the cross and things like that. You know, don't make sense. No, mm-hmm. I. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever ever watched a Christian service in some African country? I mean, they do it so differently, mm-hmm. and they're loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're boisterous and they're expressive right? yep. So, yep.
0: Yeah. we're very reserved yeah, we're in very our very culture <laughs> the frozen chosen <laughs> the frozen yeah. chosen yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
4: Connie so where in the bible does it tell you what to do and what not to do <laughs> <laughs> saying about how, you
0: know I, I'm thinking. well so Ephesians Paul talks about when you gather you know sing spiritual psalms and encourage one another um uh, preach the word. Preach the word in season, all season. God gave some to be apostles and and teachers and and evangelists and what. So you see all these positions in the church, and then we, we then we defer to church tradition. So obviously the Old Testament had these are how you do things, and then the Jews when they became Christians still held a lot of those practices because it was a way that God it required that people worship him. Obviously the sacrifices weren't done uh, because Jesus had done it. And so we draw from that. And, but what's interesting is when you go to, um, and so I think that God would say, I just want you to worship me. And so um, then groups of people gather together and say, well, how how do we want to express that in a worship service? And so you have different denominations that, that practice it differently. Um, again, uh, as long as, in my opinion, as long as God is the one who gets all the attention, it can look really different. In fact, Luther said um, in the 1500s that um, in the Augsburg Confession, of so 1530 is that that worship services and expressions of worship will look different from region to region and faith community to faith community. That's a strong paraphrase of what he said. But he never intended for um, everyone to do things exactly the same. He, would, he understood. Now, he did say um, there are elements that need to be uh, involved in, in, the, in the worship service. The preaching of the word needs to be there. The absolution of sins needs to be there. Um, and, and so I think that those things we hold to and say those are beneficial. And some things... I mean, if you all were to sit in a, in a worship service from, in, at a German Lutheran church in 1530, you would be like, what is going on? Because it's, it's, it's different. But some of the elements you would still recognize if they were to translate into English. I was
4: so, going yeah, to say mostly because we don't speak German.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but some of, the, some of the elements would make sense. Um, because these, again, are things... And again, when we look at our, our, our service, a lot of the elements that we include are back to 300 400 B, or AD uh, where we where the church was sustained by the creed the creed's one of the things that that the church has said for years and and it's it's it hasn't been but about 130 years or so that most churches don't say the creed you know it, it used to be that every church said the creed all the time but no matter what denomination you were you you're going to make a profession of some sort of Statement of faith every single time you gather, Um, and then they kind of went away from that and said, "Well, we can just put it on our bulletin or on our website. This is what we believe." Instead of saying, "No, how about we just say this is what we believe every week," uh, which I have come to really enjoy because at least we know that. So uh, again, uh, there it's one of those those things, Connie, where you're not going to find okay, start at this time and make sure you do this first and don't go longer than this in this area. It's just uh, as people seek God and desire to honor Him, um, groups of people gather together and they say, this is how we do it. Uh, But God gets all the glory.
3: (laughs)
5: And there's overlap with the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church because Lutheranism came Mm. out of Catholicism.
0: yeah there's some good stuff still that, yeah. the, that the Catholics practice I mean I would have no problem with, with it uh, you know, and then we look at, at Presbyterian and Episcopal there's a lot of elements in, that we would be very familiar with in their worship service uh, because again these are practices that the church has practiced for thousands of years that has sustained the church um, and what's the old phrase if it's not broke don't fix it um, unless it's a warmer, then you replace it. So, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it was funny when we were, I was, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Bring y'all up. Yeah. Good, so. <laughs> like we don't like these inside jokes. So, yeah. And the buttons work very nicely. Uh, uh it was, it was interesting because you talked about standing and sitting uh, pastor Garen pay when, uh, we were doing the service at the LWML thing on uh, Friday night. He says, stand as you're able. <laughs> I appreciated that. He goes, stand as you're able. <laughs> so I think that gave me, you know, opportunity to stand a little slower than everybody else. I didn't have to jump up. So so let somebody uh, take Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen, and and um, then another person, if you turn to Isaiah one ten through 17. So... When someone gets to twenty nine thirteen, please read that.
4: And the Lord said, Because the people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, well their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men.
0: Okay. Isaiah one10 through seventeen.
4: Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of your God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. Okay.
0: So it's interesting. Sodom and Gomorrah had been taken out by this time. They had been judged by the Lord. And so God is calling out the, the current people and, re, and saying you're so rebellious. You might as well be Sodom and Gomorrah. He's trying to wake them up. And go, hey, you know, look what I did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at their rebelliousness. And Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, we think our world is, is messed up and we're getting there. But Sodom and Gomorrah was, was just ridiculous in, in their rebellion and what they would do. Just um, read it sometime if you get bored. Um, and, and so, and then we see in Isaiah chapter 1, he's saying, quit, quit. Just stop what you're doing because you're doing all the right things but your hearts are far from me. Um, and so that, those, those right things are a stench to my nostrils. You're, you, I mean, uh, your sacrifices are not pleasing to me. So how does this speak to the religious leaders uh, at the time of Jesus? they well, are
4: kind of rolling the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they um, talk a good game. Don't really put into practice what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Pharisees were so mad about when Jesus was running around. You know, they're doing Pharisee things, and ooh, look at us, our feet don't stink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus is like, well, yeah, I mean, your feet don't stink, but um, your soul stinks. <laughs> right. That's far as right. Possible. Right. You know, they were they were doing the work of men, not. the
0: well, you've heard the phrase, there's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Um, so Pharisees were really good at keeping the letter of the law, but they totally missed. Why? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so that they could look great. It wasn't so that they could, you know, say, I've done everything. Because it's a lot of I, I, I. And, and God's like, you can't do everything. Uh, you're not righteous. You're just not righteous. Um, and so they thought they were. Yeah, oh, they, sort they, of.
4: They use scripture like a checklist. Yeah, yeah. You know, got up this morning, prayed, washed mm-hmm. the feet at breakfast, sacrificed right. the lamb, right? Right. Um, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> but the big box at the bottom where God stamps you, right?
0: not Because right.
5: you know, it's not a checklist. Mm-hmm. I think there are religions like that still today, aren't there?
0: There might be a few out there, <laughs> Steve. I'm
3: just gonna say. Uh, He was talking about the 2,000 years ago with the Pharisees and Christ. It looks like today that uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have uh, necessarily all the, you know, they were acting out their flesh, their carnal natures. But I was thinking, in in America or in the church today around the world, uh, we have the light of the gospel. And I'm wondering, just wondering, spitballing here, uh, maybe it's even worse than Sodom and Gomorrah because we do have the light. We do have the have the um, The gift of the word, and we've chosen to walk away from it uh, as a culture. i talking about, not just pointing the finger, but walking away as a society. Maybe, maybe there's some serious pondering to do there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, um, if you look at Reve- uh, Romans chapter one, though, um, Paul was talking about before Jesus that that men rejected the truth. For a lie and the darkness rather than light, and so um, the the conditions the same whether it's before Christ or after Christ, um, uh, men's hearts are evil and they want what they want, uh, and so it's but then when the light is shown, how do they re, how do they respond?
1: Are, you, are 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 we saying here that the Pharisees uh, were not trying to to uh, follow God's word?
0: Oh no, I wouldn't say that. I so say, how do we
1: know when we're following God's word?
0: Well, I would say they were well <laughs> they didn't but I would say they were trying to. Well, they were doing. But they made it about their their ability to follow the laws that a lot of them they had made, not that God had put in his in his word. And so again, Jesus is but, saying it's about belief. Christianity
1: has done the same thing, and I'm thinking you can go back to the Crusades. uh Well, well, was that (laughs) was that God leading them, or was it
0: man? It was man.
1: They thought it was God.
0: Well, and they were doing it for him. And I've (laughs) met a lot of people, even myself, who have done things that I thought were for the righteous cause, and in retrospect, go, yeah, well, that probably was uh, not the right thing to do. Uh, you know, speaking the truth in love, sometimes the truth is, <clears throat> overshadows the love and it comes across as condemnation and judgment rather than, than, hey, Christ loves you. He doesn't condemn you because if you believe in him, you're not under condemnation. So, uh, again, they were left to, uh, to that point to land only with the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is very, very law-driven, written yeah, where the New Testament I, but, is not. But
1: following Christ being here on earth. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, you see it all the time. You think these people think that they are Christians. Mm-hmm. They're doing things that they think they should do as Christians. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you know where we stand right now? I mean...
0: Well, uh, here, I'll, a good, I'll give you probably the best thing to say. Am I looking to my ability to follow Christ or am I looking to the, the sufficient work of Christ on the cross for my security and salvation? So that's, that's really the, the, the dividing line, right? So do I feel like I can do enough to earn God's favor and be right with God, or am I completely resting upon the work of Jesus? And all the people, and even us, we get caught up in this too, who think that I have to do something to be acceptable to God and to be approved by God, um, they're they're off the mark, which is what the Pharisees were. Where we just if we do all this and then we'll be okay. And Jesus is like, no, you're not, because it's really the issue of of looking to God to do it all and not man. So um, I would say we do fall that tendency to go if I just come to church every week. Which by the way, I totally. I agree, you should. Um, if, I just, if I just read my Bible, if I just give enough money to the poor, if I just do this, if I just do this, then I'm a Christian. It's like, no. You're a Christian because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And now from that relationship with him, you get to do stuff. Um, and I, I, you know, you would never sit there and say to somebody, okay, now that you're a Christian, you need to go do this stuff. But, now that you 're a Christian, what does that look like? You know now that you 've been changed from darkness to light you 've been raised from dead to life. What does that new life look like and again the the approval of God is now upon you his favor rests upon you so now, what do you do um, and that 's and that 's the challenge it 's easier it's easier to make a checklist uh, and go i 've done this i 've done this i 've done this i 'm good um, but it 's kind of like uh, you, you know, when you get raised kids, you want them to want to do stuff, not just because you're telling them to do stuff. Uh, the, you know, I mean, I don't know if this ever happened, but I'm going to use the example. But, you know, when your kid cleaned the room and you didn't have to tell him to. And, and, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, they just wanted, and, and they were proud. They wanted to show you, look what I did, you know. Um, they, knew, they knew that it would make you happy. That's a bad example, but it's the one I'm going to give you. Did um, that ever happen with your own children? Um, it's a bad example because it's fiction.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I tell my boys to go clean up the dog poop, and then I I'd go out, and I say, I thought you guys cleaned up. We did oh you took it as singular not (laughs) I cleaned up a poop (laughs) so yeah there was a while Laura would go in and clean the kids rooms after they had cleaned them and finally I'm like well they're not going to clean them right because they know you're going to go in and make their bed perfect and and so finally she said I'm just going to close the door (laughs) but you know So uh, Corbin uh, was a vow to offer something to God. So what the religious leaders were doing, they were not taking care of their parents. So they had all this money that they set aside savings that they could take care of their parents. They said, oh no, sorry. Sorry, mom and dad, that's dedicated to God. Uh, Really, they would use it upon themselves because you know they have to keep a living. Uh, And so their money then, and the, the provision for their parents was not there because they said, sorry, it's just this dedicated to God so again uh, back to kind of delaying what you were talking about outwardly they looked really like oh man they're following the law but, but yet God, Jesus calls them out on this he says yeah but you, this is a tradition and you guys are using tradition to forsake your responsibility uh, in this like your responsibility is to take care of your parents but through tradition you're like oh I've made a vow to God I can't, I can't use that money for my parents um so, um, I kind of answered that question. So, yeah, you know. Well,
5: it's in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother.
0: So right, I mean, right.
5: Pretty much right there.
0: <laughs> and they weren't. Yeah. Right, and and so you see that. Um, I think we should stop there, because we'll get into the weeds in a, in a moment here. Um, so, how do we see, though... Um, when you say honor your father and mother, um, how, is it, how is this idea of the children taking care of the parents um, not necessarily something we practice anymore? And why? I don't think we do. And I, since I'm the oldest one here, I can probably take
4: it. <laughs> um, I think that Number one, if you love God and he's the first, you know, you're supposed to love him above everyone else, mm-hmm. that he will take care of you if you, if you follow him. What, what's the thing about even if you have very really little, he always provides. Mm-hmm. So that's what my feeling is. On that.
5: That's all I have to say. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, so, you know, like with my parents, my dad is not doing well, and my brother is checking in with them every day, taking my mom to, you know, her appointments if she needs it, and, and things like that. And so I think that, that he's sacrificing his own time and some of his finances just because of gas and whatnot to, to tend to their needs. Now, my, my parents don't need money. That's not the issue. These Pharisees would not even do that for their parents. They're like, sorry. Uh, anything that I would do for you I've already dedicated to God so I can't do it at all uh, and so basically the parents were just left alone uh, and that's, that's not a very good relationship <laughs> Steve I
3: was going to say that it's only been about 150 years since we a very society too you're talking about not just taking care of it, be feeding, providing uh, but right now we have IRAs and different things for older people where we can you know, if you're older, you can take care of yourself maybe with uh, social security or whatever. But back then, a, a large family that was uh, mm-hmm. that was a blessing of the Lord because hopefully one of your kids, you know, 150 years ago, they didn't go to McDonald's. Mom was out there with the kids killing the chicken or whatever they're doing, and uh, it took a while. Uh, you might have to wait a little while to get a, a biscuit or gravy or or soup or whatever you're right. eating. It wasn't a pretty well,
0: even in some cultures today, to put your parents, your, 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 your <clears throat> sick parent, whatever you want to call it, your, your dying parent, into a home or an assisted living is, is just not even a thought. Uh, and so, um, you, you know, they would you, your parents die in your home. I mean, that's what, that's what they do. You bring them in and you take care of them until they die. Uh, uh, or whatever. And so we just live in a different society. But the reality is, is that the Pharisees weren't even willing to help with their parents at all because they were saying, look, I'm dedicating everything to God. And so, uh, but yet their, their religious traditional practice superseded true religion, which is to love God. To take care of, to consider others' needs above your own, and that, and they didn't do that. They're they're all about me. <laughs> how do I look? How do I take care of myself? Uh, so that was the challenge. Make-
4: well, and like what you just said, how do I look? <laughs> it seems to be
5: the, yeah. the operative word because it was you know what people would think of you from the
0: outside. And you look at a lot of these uh, religions and false religions that 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 practice what I would call just a checklist like the Pharisees did it is all about how do I look on the outside how do people know like I you know I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do that and they're going to know by the way I dress by the way I walk by my language by whatever that I that I am a righteous person uh and that's um (laughs) Jesus is like your righteousness still stinks to use your phrase It's still not righteousness because it's definitely self-serving. It's not God-honoring. So, wonderful. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thanks for your grace, your mercy, how you always provide for us. As Connie mentioned, we're so grateful to you. Just bless uh, our time today. Uh, We're so excited that we get to discuss your word, Lord. And and I pray that it's not just an exercise in academia, but it, it actually just helps us. Um, work out our faith Lord as you work on us and we can respond to you and uh, say with Connie you will take care of us you provide and we're so grateful that we that we can trust you for that in Jesus name amen